Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. So today is the second to last, right? Part 78 of um, Is There More to Life? Not kidding, it's not 78, it's probably part seven. <laughs> part seven of Is There More to Life? And um, so a few months back, I want to say maybe January or February, I got a text message from a friend telling me, I'm coming into town. Um, they now live in Colorado. They used to live in New York City. And she says, I'm com- we're coming into New York for our yearly trip. I'm coming, I want to see you. Do you guys have time? And I was like, my heart leaped a little bit. You know, and those people that you love and they move away. You're like, why'd you leave me? And then they're coming in and you want to see them. And I was super excited. Like, okay, when are you coming? How long are you here? She was going to be here for a couple of weeks. And so immediately we set the date. We put it on the calendar. She just was like back in January. So she was going to be here in Memorial Day week. Um, so we had a whole week to figure out. I put it on the calendar and I took the day off and it was going to happen. So she comes, that the day arrives. And I go to New York, and I spend the day, honestly, we, I go maybe 10 o'clock in the morning. We spend the day together. I, we walk the park. We grab some coffee. We grab some sweets. I don't know if anybody ever been to Magnolia Bakery. It's good stuff, right? Haven't had any sweets since then because, man, that was bad. Um, <laughs> bought some sweets. You know, we walked around. We walked at the park, had an awesome time, and just chatted. I mean, honestly, just catching up. Nothing super special happened. Nothing, no major news. Just chatted, spent a really good time together. And I remember getting back on the train that day and coming home. And I don't know if you've had this feeling lately, but have you ever had that? Or, I mean, I'm sure you you have to have had this feeling. But lately, have you had the feeling of your heart being full? Like you just spend time with somebody and they did your soul good. They just did something inside. And I remember getting home, and I told you, J.D. was like, so, honey, how did it go? I was like, honey, my heart is full. Like, it was just one of those days, the, the conversation with people that just did well. And the, as I was studying for this message, I was reading about what, reading what the psalmist, well, the King Solomon says, um, something struck to me. Something stood out to me that is this, the same feeling, is the same heart. So I don't know when was the last time you felt this genuine contentment, this genuine, this deep sense of gladness in your heart. When was the last conversation or the last encounter you've had that you walked away feeling the same feeling of being full? But as we look through the scriptures, as we study this book, Ecclesiastes, this summer, I read a lot about meaninglessness. <laughs> There is a lot of, he's all is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. I was like, dude, you're kind of depressing here. <laughs> you know, I was, listen, I mean, if we're honest, I, I sat there, I was like, bro, you win on the negative scale. Like, this is, you know, a bit, it's a lot, a lot of meaninglessness, a lot of no good, you know. But then, if you take a deeper reading, we find that what King Solomon is teaching us is that life goes by really fast. It is fleeting. And he's teaching us to not hang on to ambitions, to not hang on to outcomes. He's teaching us the truth that it doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're poor. 
that if you're wise or if you're a fool, nobody signs up for that part. If you're powerful or not, we're all going to have the same fate, right? We're all going to end in the same place. We're all going to go one day. We're all dying one day. And indeed, it's sad news if you've wasted your life. That can be a very sad book if you look around and you go, you know, I spent my whole life running after riches, running after these outcomes and these ambitions, and I spent my life sad. I spent my life alone. I spent my life collecting items. You know, if you, if you are like the rich young ruler in Luke 18 where you're hoarding wealth, then indeed the book of Ecclesiastes is a bit sad. If you're like the uh, servant in Matthew 18, where he, he just doesn't let go of a small debt that he is owed, he's filled with bitterness and unforgiveness, then yes, life could move on really fast and you get to the end of it and you might find yourself like King Solomon, everything was meaningless. However, for those that choose to live a life with a different perspective, for those that choose to focus on the right things, actually King Solomon is offering us some ideal advice, some good encouragement. One life on earth is enough when done right. As I read Ecclesiastes, and actually I went, I don't know if you've done this, but in the app, in the um, Apple app, or I don't know, Android app, nobody talks about Android, um, and... <laughs> In the app, the Bible app, you can press play, and it'll play, right, the scriptures for you. And I actually went and listened, because sometimes when you read, you get one thing, and then when you listen, you get something else. And I listened to Ecclesiastes, and something stood out to me. It stood uh, three times that I counted as I was listening, he said this, and it, in, in some way, shape, or form. But three times he says something to the tune of, eat, drink, and take pleasure. Eat, drink, and be merry, because that is God's gift. I'm going to show you the three passages in which it says that, because I want you to take a note, and it's in our app too, if, you have a, um, if you've been following along. The first place we found it was Ecclesiastes 3, verses 12 through 13. He says, I perceived that there is nothing better for human beings than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live, also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Right? Then he says this again. In Ecclesiastes 5, he says, This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life that God has given them. For this is their lot. This is their lot. Um, moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift from God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Right? And then as we know, when something is said three times in Scripture, it's important. So we'll go again. It says it in Ecclesiastes 8. So I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. Eat, drink, and be glad. 
This is a gift from the Father in heaven to slow down, to take time to have a meal, to sit down with a cup of coffee, for those of you that don't like coffee, tea, or wine. This is not an open door for debauchery, for drunkenness. This is not a little, you know, to eat, to drink, to be married, to find joy, to find fulfillment. I want you to put up a picture that I um, have. I want you guys to look at this face. I mean, I don't know of a face that is more glad than that right there. Right? The Bible tells us that if we're not like children, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. There is something about joy in the eyes and the face of children, right? The expression. When they just, like, you see their joy. And I think oftentimes we think about children in innocence. And yes, their innocence is important, and we ought to be innocent like that. But we ought to have contentment like that. We ought to find joy like that. Friends, some of you have been struggling for a long time. I really felt this deep in my, my spirit. Some of you have not smiled for real, like a real smile in a very long time. Some of you have been numb, if you're being honest. It's just been thing after thing after thing, and it's just like, it just starts to kind of take over. You're tired, you're fatigued. Life has been, felt long instead of like a vapor. Are you kidding me, man? This life is long, right? Maybe you can't even relate to King Solomon, it's like this life has been treacherous. And may I point out to you today that maybe, just maybe, the reason you feel so weak and so fatigued is because you have not made room for Mary. Repeat with me. Make room for Mary. Make room for Mary. I need to make room for Mary. It is important. It is important, my friends, to make room for joy, to make room for gladness. If your life is all toil, if your life is all work, my friends, that is not what God has designed you for. That is not the gift from God. It is not a badge of honor to be tired. It is not and is not, there is no honor in running yourself to the ground. That is what the king says is meaningless. That is a meaningless life, one that spent the entire time just pushing, pushing, working, getting, go, 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 achieve, get, get. And I'm not against achievement. I mean, I'm type A all the way. Okay, I'm for achievement, but there is a time, as we've learned prior, and there's a season, and you ought to make room for Mary. You need to make room for it. We find the same principle back in Nehemiah. The same thing that King Solomon is teaching us, Nehemiah says in Nehemiah 8.10, he says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine. Eat the fat. <laughs> drink sweet wine. And send portions to, every, to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord. 
And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to notice another thing. We quote this passage a lot. We only quote the second part of it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We quote that. We hear that often, right? The joy, a feeling of great pleasure, of happiness. The joy of the Lord is your strength. But we cannot live from toil to toil and feel this joy. We have a deep need to stop, to rest, to relate, to commune, to connect. We have these needs in us that are not found in work. They are found in stopping. We crave connection with God. We crave connection with others. We need sustenance for our bodies, food, yes, but we need sustenance for our souls too, to be merry. I, need, I feel like I need to tell you guys, somebody needs to hear this, that God is a father and not a parole officer. And as any father will tell you, it brings them great pleasure to see their children smile. I mean, there is almost nothing a dad won't do when that little girl opens up that smile. It brings our father in heaven great joy to see you smile to see you enjoy your life to see you live it with pleasure we are not robots we are not machines we are not made to to just um achieve to uh deliver you know the, the financial world terms they're roa we're not return on investments roi Return on investments. You know, that's not it. The Lord has a life for us that is filled with peace and pleasure as well. Now you may be thinking, Alini, you don't know my life. I mean, I have a hard life. I have bills I need to pay. They're due. They're coming at me. I've been fighting with my spouse for as long as I can remember. It is just annoying to be in my house. My job makes me miserable. My boss is a jerk. My health is, you know, not good. I don't even know how long I have. I mean, everything hurts. <laughs> everything hurts. I'm dying. Right? My children are nasty. I know. There are many reasons. There are many reasons for which we can stay in a place of numbness. There are many reasons for which we can be at a place of sadness. I know. I've been there. I've had seasons of grief. I've had seasons of, I don't know how I'm going to make it to tomorrow. I don't know if I can get to tomorrow. I've just went through a season like that a year ago. When it was supposed to be the happiest time of my life, or one of, because I have four children. Can't say Chris is the best one, you know. <laughs> but it was supposed to be one of the happiest times. And I was dying inside. Dying. Like to even get to this place on Sunday was, it took everything I had to get out of bed. It took everything I had. But I want to point out something that Solomon says that is so true. In Ecclesiastes 7, he says, When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God 
made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. So your good days, God made them. Your bad days, God made those too. He is not absent in those. So when days are bad, your assurance is that your Father in heaven is walking with you in those days. And thank God you don't know tomorrow. Because tomorrow might be too much for you today. And it might turn out to be what you did not expect it to be, but in the long run, it was what you needed. So no, you don't know tomorrow, but you do know the God of tomorrow. There will be days, there will be seasons that you'll need to look for Mary so tightly. Like where? Where can I find some Mary here? Where can I find some joy? And in those times, in those seasons, you need to buckle down even more, believing that that too will pass. There is contentment. There is joy to be found even in the difficult seasons. Even in the seasons when things are not going perfectly. I want to tell you guys something about those of you that have been struggling with anxiety. Anxiety has a way of stealing from you the future. Because when you're dealing with this, in, in, and there's so many people that I hear dealing with this anxiety and they're so anxious about what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Because when you're going through seasons of darkness, what you think about is not so much right now, because right now you're still okay. What you're thinking about is what could, what could happen, what tomorrow's going to look like. And the Bible teaches us that today is guaranteed and today is enough. God has given you everything you need for today. So if you can look at today and say, you know what? Today I'm breathing. Today I have food on the table. Today my body is still functioning. Today we are still together. Today, you know, you can find something in your today to bring you contentment. If you look at tomorrow, if you let the anxiety take over and take you into tomorrow and the weeks after, it will steal what God has for you because it will spiral you down into the pits of hell because that's what anxiety is. It comes from the pits of hell and that's where it wants to take you. It will steal what God has for you today. And if you're looking at tomorrow, if you're looking at the weeks ahead, you won't have the strength to walk out today. So when you're struggling with anxiety, take it from a sister who has been there, who dealt with a lot of anxiety when, the, when Christopher was born. This is how I walked it out. One day at a time. One hour at a time. Hey, you know what? I'm in this bed. And if I stay in this bed, I'm going to go back to sleep and I'm going to get worse. So I'm not going to stay in this bed. I'm going to get up from this bed, and I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to go see the sun. If you're in a dark season, if you're in a place where you just don't even know how to, how to find, like, joy, I don't even know what that is. I'm going to tell you one step at a time, one day at a time, one right decision at a time. That's all you can do. That's all you have to give. That's what you give. 
And you look for the gift of God for you. What? The food in your plate? It's a gift of God. The drink, the little, the warm cup of coffee or tea or whatever that you can sit down and just take in, it's a gift from God. The sun that's out, a walk that you can go on, a friend that you can give a call to. Give them a call and say, hey, you're meeting me out there. We're going for a walk. Why? You don't need to know why. We're just going for a walk. Find your Mary. One of the most significant passages that helped me, for any of you that are struggling again to find this Mary, I'm going to tell you is found in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Friend, if you need to repeat that to yourself 70 times in one day, you do that. God knows I did. Because the word of God is truth. And the word of God does something inside. And when you're able to relinquish control and just say, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to trust you with the weight of this. I'm going to trust you with the things I cannot control. I'm going to trust you and lean into your understanding. You understand tomorrow. I do not. So I'm going to trust you. You can trust God with your cares. You can trust God with your finances. You can trust him with your marriage. You know, sometimes it's easier for us to believe that Christ died on the cross, sent his son, died on the cross. Right? God sent his son. He died on the cross. He resurrected. We, all be we believe that. But we don't believe that he can fix our marriage. Wait, 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 wait. Christ died, was dead for three days, he resurrected, but he can't provide for me financially. Think about it. Do we believe what we're, like, what do we believe? The same power that raised Christ from the dead. I don't see anything worse than dead. There is no situation worse than dead. If God could do that, how much more can he do in your life? Amen. How much more can he change in your life? Can he fix? Can he maneuver? Can he? The problem is we are stuck, weak, and defeated because we, don't ha we haven't let the joy of God come in and bring us strength. We have been busy toiling and pushing and doing things in our own strength, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we need to find, like King Solomon said, a place to eat, drink, and be merry, enjoy again. So, how do we do that? Well, I'm going to give you homework. Because there is a way. There is a way to do this. The summer's ending. We're all ready for our kids to go back to school. You know you are. Summer's ending. We bless our teachers. We pray for our teachers. 
A lot. A lot. In my house, we do too. A lot. But before the end of the summer, I'm going to give you one homework. I want you to call a friend. I want you to call a friend, somebody who knows you. Somebody you don't have to pretend with, because we know sometimes some people you got to put on that, you know, posture. None of that. Call someone that you know, somebody that knows you. And I want you to go have a good meal and a nice drink. Go have a good time. Because God did not make us to be robots and to toil our whole life and feel no joy and no excitement. That's why so many people are like, I don't want to go to church. Those are boring. Right? I don't want to do that. Religion? Religion is like a set of rules. Right? That's not it. The relationship with God ought to be joyful. A relationship with God ought to be where your soul is glad. You're happy. You're content. Yeah, you have issues. We all have issues. The whole world has things to deal with. So what? The joy of the Lord gives me strength. The joy of the Lord makes me someone that other people go, hmm, what is it about you? I know you got stuff going on. You're still happy. Why? That's who we are. So this summer, before it ends, I want you to make room for Mary. I want you to make room for the God's joy to enter your heart again. And as I close out, I'm going to read you a passage that I want you to keep in front of you. If you're going through stuff and you're like, you know, this is going to be a push for me because I haven't felt it in a long time. I haven't felt joy in a long time. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to read this passage to you. It's found in Psalms 121, and it says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. Amen. When you're tempted to worry when you're tempted to be struggling in anxiety again, when you're tempted to take that weight back on your shoulders, I want you to quote this passage, the Lord is watching over me. There's no harm that can get to me. Nothing can get to me. And I want you to remember, can you put the picture back up, please? Make room for Mary. Make room for joy to overtake your heart and allow God to guide your steps. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.